Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to take a minute to express how grateful I am in this moment for this incredible community of women in the Electric Ideas community who are growth-minded, spiritually curious, open to new ideas, and just want to show up with more intention and presence and joy. A lot of my work outside of the podcast is anchored around helping women claim a sense of self outside of the roles they play. There's women in all walks of life who are part of this community, and everybody is welcome. I'm not surprised that lots of moms are drawn to electric ideas. And that's why each year I do a special specific Mother's Day episode, the week of Mother's Day, to celebrate the members of my community who also happen to be moms. I think being a mom is one of the most valuable, important jobs in the world, but I can tell you from my own experience in working with so many women, it can be heart-wrenching, it can be stressful, it can be depleting, and all within the same day, it can be profound, it can be moving, it can be the best thing in your life. But this, I believe, is true, and this is why I chose this topic for the podcast today. None of us should have to go it alone as moms. It can be isolating for so many reasons. I just truly believe having a support system and friends in your corner during the motherhood years can make the journey so much sweeter, so much more enjoyable. When we do become moms, our time is often stretched. So there's a gazillion reasons why we lose track of friends, lose touch with friends, or feel closed off or uninterested in making new friends. I really hope this conversation today with Emily Siegel inspires you to put yourself out there a little bit and not give up on finding your tribe. Emily is a friendship mentor, coach, and podcast host. She started a community called the Connected Mom Life Community, where her entire mission is to help busy moms create the circle of friends they crave. She can really speak from a place of understanding because her coaching and her show are a side operation for her. She also has a corporate job and two boys. She firmly believes we were not made to mom alone. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you and happy, happy Mother's Day. Let's do this. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I'm excited you're here because I think the topic of friendships as mothers is not talked about enough and it's important. Yes, I could not agree more. So I want to start because I know we've all uttered that phrase, it takes a village. And I've said that a million times and I think it's true. I've heard you take that even farther and say a village isn't a nice to have, it's a must. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that. Yeah. I mean, I will say it is technically possible to raise these kiddos without a village because so many of us are, but the reality is that like it is hurting our health. It is hurting our relationships. It is not helpful for our kids, for us to do this alone. 
I think the the research even says not having a social network is equivalent of smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. Like it is truly detrimental for us to not have a supportive social network in our lives. And I think mothers are just so desperately in need of that, given how much we are all pulled in so many different directions. And just like thinking we have no backup is really, really terrifying. And so for that reason, I say it's a must. It's so much more fun too to do life with other people, with other women, with other moms. And I know that I just feel so much less crazy, so much less alone. And I honestly, I show up better for my partner. I show up better for my kids when I don't feel like I'm crazy. And being in community with other moms, with other people who are supporting me has just been so helpful for realizing like, oh no, these kids are being normal, despite how like maybe frustrating their, sometimes their behaviors can be. And just realizing like, no, 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 that's not just you. It's all of us is a game changer. I couldn't agree more. And I think having a tribe, having people that you can feel supported by and seen by and people that are kind of walking the same path too, and going through some of the same things at the same time, I think is so important. But I also it will be the first person to say it can feel cheesy <laughs> to like mm-hmm. try to become friends with a new mom yeah. or awkward. And I don't know why. So yes. tell us about why that's so and how to begin to navigate that. Yeah. Well, I think the reason it often feels just like a little like awkward is because the reality is like no one really ever taught us how to make friends. A lot of us just think, well, no, it just happens. There's this myth out there that friendship just happens. And so we're all kind of carrying that story. We're carrying the story that friendship just happens. And so then when you meet someone in adulthood, you're like, okay, well, how does it happen? Because I don't remember how this, why I have had friends in the past. I don't know technically how that happened. It just did. And what really happened a lot of times was consistency. If we think back to our school days, We did make friends without trying because we were put together with a group of kids for eight plus hours a day. And so we made the best of it and like hung out and we got to know each other. And so we became friends. And so that's really what happened. Consistency is what happened. But we're telling ourselves a story that friendship just happens when the reality is that it was always consistency that was happening. And so I think when we can like dispel that myth of friendship just happens and really talk about the fact that no, it actually takes intention. It takes effort that in of itself, while that can feel overwhelming to moms in particular of like, Oh my gosh, you're telling me I have to add one more thing to be intentional or put effort behind. But sometimes that's so freeing too, is like, okay, well, this is not just me that's struggling with figuring this out. Everybody else is kind of in the same boat and it does take intention and effort. And what's really beautiful is that with just a little bit of intention and effort, most moms are surprised at like how quickly they really can start to make connections and start to feel like they're in true community with other moms and other friends. I'm so with you on the intention and also knowing that Moms might be the only ones who, especially if you're in like the early phases of mom that have get to play the I am really busy and overwhelmed card. Mm-hmm. You talk a lot about creative ways to just 
integrate friendships into our lives in ways that don't feel like it's a to-do or competing that just feel natural and fun. Can you give us some tips there? Yes. I love that word that you used of integration. I think there's so much, like we tell people, okay, go make friends. And you go, go to Google and you're like, okay, how do I make friends? And Google's like, get a hobby, connect with other people who like to knit or run or whatever. And it's like, I don't know that I have time for another hobby or another thing right now. Or like, yes, I do love that thing, but I don't totally feel like I have space for that right now. And so what I really encourage moms to do is to truly like look at their life today. How are they spending their time? Where is it going? And assuming like they're good with where their time is going for the season that they're in, are there opportunities to integrate friendship into that? So if you are lucky enough, I move a lot. So I'm often actually trying to make new friends, but if you are lucky enough to actually have established friends and the problem you're facing is just like, I don't ever see them, then that's one hurdle of like, okay, well, are there opportunities in your day that you could do something that you were already going to do with an established friend that you have. So for me, a lot of times I look at like, well, I go for walks or I do workout classes. And that is something I could technically do with a friend. I know, I don't know if you all talk a lot about habit stacking, but just like sometimes I'll do a workout with a friend and no, we're not really connecting during that time, but we'll grab 30 minute coffee right after. So like taking out an extra commute, all the things, like the more kind of like stacking I can do of that connection, I look for that, but really looking for opportunities to just kind of have it fit into my life. And then the other tip I often share with moms is this was crucial for me is to set it once. So like, is there an opportunity like, okay, I want to I want to hang out with my kids. That's something I'm going to do anyway as a working mom on the weekends. I'm going to take them to a park. Is there another mom who might have kids around the same age that would be open to meeting at that park or meeting at that indoor playground here in Minnesota? We need need all the indoor playgrounds. And are those things that you could say, hey, this was really fun. Do you want to just kind of plan on this the first Saturday of every month and just kind of have it on the calendar? I have found it is so much easier to move something on the calendar versus get it there in the first place. So that is like my two top tips for like fitting in that friendship is like integrating it into your life of things you're already doing. And then seeing if people are open to just being like, Hey, should we just make this a thing? And even if it's not going to be like a monthly or a weekly or something like that, you can always just say, Hey, this was fun. Should we do this again and put it on the calendar now before we leave? Because again, it just saves you like 10 text messages in your future by just getting it there now. And maybe if you have to move it, that's three text messages, you know, so much easier. I love the idea of ritualizing something too, because then you're not thinking about it or feeling like you're planning something. And I think that as moms, we need to give ourselves more grace to keep it so casual because that's where I think a lot of moms get caught up because they think they need to host something big or invite people over. And I feel like doing something in a public place like a park makes it so much easier for moms to kind of come and go because especially when you've got littles, I also think in the same vein, I think it's okay 
and something that I love doing would be like, okay, I, I would get into this habit of not making any plans and then kind of be longing for that adult connection. Mm -hmm. So I would just be like, I'm going to order pizza to this park and anybody who wants to join swing through and people actually love the last minute invite. You'd be surprised at how many moms, depending on the stage of your kids, don't have plans. I I was like, is everyone going to think I'm like huge nerd on a Friday night? Because I'm like, hey, and you'd be surprised. And it's kind of that low expectation, spontaneous fun that turns out to be some of my most fun nights, really. Yeah. And that's, I mean, honestly, like when I work with moms and ask them like, okay, what are you craving most in friendship? How would you feel better? All of us are craving ease. We want it to feel easy. We want it to just be comfortable. And a lot of times you can create that ease with low key gatherings, low expectations. One of the things I love too, that, you know, about the park, about the work at those public places that you just made me think of is honestly, if a mom has to pull out last minute, you haven't necessarily ruined the other mom's day. She was going to work out anyway. She was going to go to the park. Yeah. There's totally disappointment. It's so much more fun to do those things with other friends, but you're not like ditching someone for a dinner that took three months to plan because we all had to navigate sitters or partner schedules, all the things. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good point. I know that Another thing I've learned as I've gotten a little bit older and farther along with my mom journey is that I don't need to have all my mom friends be friends with each other. And actually, I enjoy having friends that I connect with on different things, and that's okay. And I know that you talk a lot about the five different types of friends every mom needs. And so I'd love to share that with my, with my listeners. Yeah. Well, I love that you like have that mindset. So much of us are like looking at social media and seeing these groups of moms and thinking like, that's the pinnacle, that's the goal. And that might be like something that would give you a lot of life and satisfaction. But for so many of us, it truly is those deeper one-on-one, one-on-two gatherings that really light us up. So yes, I definitely encourage moms, women in general to think just maybe a little bit more broadly and openly about what friendship can look like and feel like, particularly in motherhood. And so I have moved quite a bit. So I always kind of come back to these five friends or five connections that I like to prioritize when I'm like, okay, I've got to build my village from scratch. Where should I put my energy? Where should I put my focus? Because all of your moms listening know, like it is limited in what we do have to invest. And so Usually when I first move to a space, the first connection that I prioritize kind of seeking out is a same season friend. So someone who is in a very similar season of life to me, kids are roughly the same age, maybe work life looks a little similar, but just someone who can really kind of understand the ups and downs of what I am navigating as a mom. And so Uh, That is always like the first connection I prioritize because that's the one that makes me feel most grounded and just most safe, comfortable, easy. It's usually an easy connection because there's so many similarities. So I would say that is the first connection I really encourage moms to think about. 
Uh, do not forget about your different season friends because they can be so valuable too. You know, when I first had a kiddo, most of my friends actually were not moms at that point, or they were like so far ahead of me in their motherhood journey. However, they were had such a different level of flexibility for me. They were able to show up and keep me company after like the baby went down. They were also the friends who could just kind of like remind me of who I am outside of this new being that has completely taken over almost everything in my life in a very consuming way. So I really love same season and different season friends for those reasons. So those are definitely two of the the five. We'll get back to that, but I couldn't agree more because you want someone who just gets it and there's a comfort in that because you can be like, Hopefully, if you nurture your friendship, you can be like, I just need 30 minutes to meet a deadline or a break. Can you just take my kids for a little bit and get to that level? But I found I I really tried intentionally when I had children to keep up relationships with friends who didn't have children. And I think they helped me remember the pieces of me that are outside my caregiving role and, and help me to remember what lights me up outside of, of motherhood and maintain that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so healthy. So I love that. Yeah. And those relationships can feel tricky too, because you don't know, like, do they still want to hang out with me? Cause I have kids. Like there's a lot of that to kind of work through, but I definitely think it's worth working through. They're so valuable to keep in your, in your orbit. Okay. So the next three, I would say, honestly, they could have overlap with these same season and different season friends, but I think it's just healthy to be mindful of them. And so the third is a work friend. And I use work super loosely. Like maybe you do have a nine to five where you go into an office or maybe you work from home in a very specific way, but I do think it is so helpful to have work friends because if you are spending 20 hours, 40 hours a week, That is a lot of time and doing that without quality connections that just like kind of get the thick of it that you're in. It's almost like a same season work friend. And for stay at home moms, I highly recommend seeking out other stay at home moms because those are the ones that can do life with you sometimes during the day. It's, it's tricky. It doesn't always work out perfectly, but it is just so helpful to have other people that are truly like kind of living the work life that you are living to just help it be just a little bit more fun. And then the last two, I say neighbors, like proximity is huge. When we actually look at friendship and connection and look at those of us that are spending time with friends consistently, a lot of times proximity has so much to do with it because it's just easier. It's easier to get together when it doesn't require an hour commute across the city and when they're just down the road. And so you might be looking around at your neighborhood and thinking, I don't know that these are going to be my besties. That's fine. I still think having community and connection and knowing those that you live around is going to provide such immense supportive value to your village. So even if they're not, you know, who you would typically seek out as a friend, that's where I kind of come back to be open because those relationships might still have a lot of value for you. And maybe they'll turn into like a really solid friendship. Maybe they won't, but we shouldn't discount some of those looser connections in our life. Research shows us they have a lot of value. So I love to invest in neighbors. And then the last one is 
I say same interest. Laura Tremaine recently talks about fellow obsessives. So like, is there a thing that you totally deep dive that like not a lot of people want to talk to you about? So for example, I was obsessed with The Bachelor for a long time. And that's like a very niche. And I personally, I like to know all the back drama with like what the producer, how are the producers messing with this? Like, can we believe what we're seeing? And like so many people in my life do not want to talk to me about that, which is so fair, so (laughs) fair. But when I want to talk about it, I want to talk about it and I want to go on the Reddit pages and I want to know all the things. And so it's so bonding to have a friend that you can just obsess over whatever floats your boat. Maybe it's just like, I just binged a TV show and want to talk about it. Maybe it's talking with other podcasters, like whatever kind of like your thing is, it's so helpful to just have other people that can like go deep with you. What a great list. I know that we can also just kind of use that now. I would encourage women to take that list and reflect kind of where their holes might be right now, because they might not even realize they're craving a different type of friendship. Yeah. So I think that would be a super fun exercise. Yeah. That's actually one of the first exercises I do with our moms in our community is like, okay, your time is limited. Let's like quick do an inventory. Who do you have? What's going on? A few reflection questions around like what feels off. And then we can usually figure out, okay, maybe you've got a lot of people. It's depth that we want to focus on. Or it's like, no, I have a ton of friends, but oh, you're right. I have no work friends or I have no mom friends. And like, that's why this is just feeling not fully good. But yes, it's so empowering to just like get really clear on that because then you can just focus on kind of that area of your circle of your village without kind of feeling like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and like being like, I'm still feeling the same. Nothing's feeling better. So just getting so clear on what you're craving most is so helpful. I also want to go back to in that conversation, I want to circle back. You talked a little bit about kind of the benefits of having a strong inner circle and outer mm-hmm. circle. Yeah. Yeah. What's the research say on that? Yeah. The research is so interesting because we often think that like, okay, I need this boatload of besties, this amazing inner circle, these ride or die friends. And yes, we do need them, but the research also shows us that we get a lot of social benefit from acquaintances, truly like even just people sometimes that we don't talk to, but like maybe we take the train with every day and see there's actually research that shows we feel a closeness with them. Even if we've never even had conversations at times, just by like knowing, oh, they're always there. I think about right now, we're trying to establish new connections and in our new neighborhood and in our new kind of school community. So I've been showing up to some school things as consistently as I'm able, because I've kind of identified that as a space where like, this is a place I'm going to be for a few years. I want to feel good here. And this is a good example. I'm planning my birthday party right now. I'm using party very loosely. Like my, what I, what do I want to do for my birthday? Who do I want to be there? And I'm looking at like the list of people and I'm feeling really good about my school connections, but none of them are on my list for this gathering. And that's because we're not super close yet, 
But when I go to the school, when I go to school gatherings, I feel like I belong. And that's because I have some really loose connections with some of the parents I've met over the course of this year. And when we show up to these things, I actually feel a part of a community. I feel like I matter in this place. And the research around mattering and belonging, even just like believing like this is a community that you belong in is huge for our mental health. And so never like discount those loose connections that, yeah, I don't have any ride or dies right now that go to my kid's school. Maybe that will come in the future. I hope in the next couple of years, I hope there'll be someone from the school that I'll want on my like potential birthday gathering list, even the neighborhood. I hope for that too. And we're not there yet. And maybe we won't be, maybe we will. I'm holding it very loosely, but just knowing that I'm like, oh, when I walk the dog, I like can wave to neighbors and I know their names. I'm not going to go out to dinner with them this weekend, but I feel really comfortable. And there's a lot of value in that. Love that. So one other thing that I wanted to ask you about is kind of rules in the road when it comes to mom friends. Do you have any unbendable rules that you uphold in your own life when it comes to making mom friends or maintaining or growing them? Yeah, I have probably like two that I grip pretty hard. The first is I assume everyone wants to be my best friend. (laughs) It sounds wild, but research shows us that women are craving connection. And I think, you know, I've mentioned I've moved a bit in my first move. I went in assuming everybody else was set on friends. And I was the one that was kind of the oddball that still needed friends in adulthood. Everybody else like had kind of collected theirs. I had the misfortune of moving and left all mine behind. So like people would show an interest, I guess, in a connection, but I just like, didn't believe them. I'm like, you don't have time for me. Maybe we were in different seasons of life or something. I was just like, ah, and now I go into every connection, assuming everyone wants to be my best friend. I did a lot of work around that and learned a lot about the research. But what I found was when I started doing that, my network felt like it exploded overnight. Everything felt easier. Everything felt lighter. Now, no, I did not become best friends with all of these people, but how I showed up in those interactions drastically changed, how I felt in those interactions drastically changed. So I just like to tell moms, believe that like other women, other mom are open to connection. That is the rule. The rule is that people want to be friends with you and see what happens when you bring that energy to an interaction. Uh, So that's probably like my number one rule. What a beautiful mindset. Definitely. And I've even had people who I've become friends with more recently say, Oh, I don't know. I I thought you seemed cool, but it seemed like you had your friends. And so I was like, you seem great. Let's be friends. You know, it it just, it's interesting what assumptions Mm -hmm. we all make. Yeah. We totally all bring assumptions to the friend making process. And I always just encourage moms pay attention to like what's going on in your head as you are connecting with a new mom or trying to make something happen with a mom you already know, like just kind of notice what the voices are telling you about that interaction, because that's really helpful to just know kind of like, what are, we all have mind gremlins. We all have stories we tell ourselves and it's so much easier to work through those stories 
if we know what they are. (laughs) And for two years, I didn't know that I was bringing that to all of those interactions. And once I realized it, then I was like, huh, well, let me test if that's true. Let me see if everybody really is set on friends. And they weren't, they still had space for me. And so internalizing everyone wants to be your best friend is, is a hard ask. I get that, but I do think it's worth for sure, at least paying attention to like what comes up for you as you are navigating kind of those tricky, those tricky interactions, what feels tricky about it to you. And then there's lots of, lots of exercises, lots of reflections, but it is first helpful to know, like, what's the thing that's tripping me up? Cause a lot of times it's different for all of us. All right. Well, we're coming up against time, but I just want to give you a chance and ask if there's either one more rule or any just final advice that's on your heart today for getting moms inspired to get out there and maybe put themselves out there a little bit more and either start new connections or deepen their existing connections. Yeah, honestly, I think it is my last rule that I live by that I just want all moms to know. I just like want to shake them all and tell them that. So, so many moms I work with, when we talk about like what's hard about friendship, a lot of times people start with saying it's time, the investment of that. But then when we like dig at that a little bit for so many of us, it's that we don't feel like we have time to be a good friend right now. And so a lot of times we don't pursue it or invest in it because we're waiting to just feel more like ourselves, feel like we've got the true energy to show up how we used to show up in friendship pre-kids because we were a different person. We had more time and space or our time and space looked different. We maybe had a little bit more flexibility, but I always tell moms, the bar is actually lower in friendship and motherhood. And that's okay. We're more open to giving each other grace It makes us feel like less alone just in like being able to give that grace and extend that to each other. Like, yes, you do have to show up, but like, I'm never going to be the friend that remembers your birthday. I'm not good at the gifts, but I always encourage moms, like, think about what you are good at. I am good at being present with you when we get together. That might be sporadic. It might not be the most consistent right now, but like when you have me, you have me. And if someone offered me that level of friendship today, I would like scoop that up immediately. That's what I want. I just am craving connection. And I get that it's not going to necessarily come with the same rules that we maybe all thought we had to have before to be a good friend and just show up as you are and be willing to yeah, be seen and heard and accepted and loved because that's what we all crave more. We crave connection more than anything else. And we get that like the level and quality of that connection will ebb and flow in motherhood. And that's okay. What's coming to my mind is don't let perfection get in the way of connection here. Yes. Yes. That is your quote. That is beautiful. Do not. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I always close my episodes by asking the same question. And that is what's one question women should be asking themselves more. Hmm. Well, on the friendship theme, I would say the question is, what are you craving most right now in friendship? It is so helpful to name it because then you can better focus on it and better go after it. And that's where we always start in our groups is like, okay, what are you craving most right now? And it's so much easier. Everything feels lighter to go from there versus going back to that spaghetti on the wall. Beautiful. Emily, this was great to connect. Thank you for being here today. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at, at @whitneywoman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.